actually starting a new teaching series. However, it's not the teaching series probably that I promised you, if any of you were listening, uh, simply because Adam obviously is off sick and he was desperate to teach on John and it felt harsh um, to start without him. So we're going to start a new series uh, born out of our prayer week where we have been encouraged to be. We're going to look at how we can be and grow more like Jesus, which is a very good thing for any church to be looking at. How do we become more Christ-like? And to explore these questions, we're going to be using Galatians 5, 13 to 26. Each week, over the next few months, we're going to be taking a small section of this, of the Galatians 5 scripture, and alongside it, we're going to be looking at a passage from the life of Jesus. Because if you want to be more Christ-like, the best way to do that is by looking, obviously, at Jesus. So, Galatians 5, 13 to 26 says, You, my brothers and sisters, I'm paraphrasing you beautiful lot, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command... Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, you oh, do not bite and devour each other or you will be destroyed by each other. Earring is hitting my microphone. Okay. Nope. It's going to hit it a lot for a second. <laughs> Wearing inappropriate. <laughs> you have to to wear the. You have to, no. It's fine. To have a skirt that you can hang it on. Oh gosh. Sorry. Thank you, darling. So I say. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are so that you are not able to do whatever you want. I wouldn't want that dog back in my house. But, but if you are led by the Spirit, 
You are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy. Drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, whoops, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Holy Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Oh, go back one. Not that any of us go, to go on holiday anymore. Yeah, except for Isabel, if we're feeling grumpy that she's been to Brazil. We can all go to Brazil now. It's great. <laughs> so this morning's session is called Be Free. And we're looking at the beginning of the scripture, the bit with your beautiful faces on. You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free. But do not, this lovely, I love this photo, do not use your freedom to indulge the fresh, flesh, the fresh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, Watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. At the beginning of the chapter of Galatians 5, Paul begins by saying that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. There's a lot of talk, isn't there, about the flesh and about slavery and basic that's an interesting word basically the book of Galatians is a warning 
to the church. The whole book together is a warning to the church not to fall back into its old ways. It's a wake-up call, a shake that says, you are free. You're free from the laws and the regulations of the past, free from all the things that used to hold you captive before you knew Jesus. But it's not a freedom to do whatever you want. Because doing whatever we want in our natural, selfish, human way leads us back to captivity. Leads us away from freedom. It leads us back to our selfish desires or to others who would lord it over us or to put ourselves underneath the will of the enemy. Now, the things that hold, held us captive before may well be different to the things that held the people in the Jesus' day captive. But what might they be for us today? Well, some of the things are the same. What are the things in your life, in my life, that fight for our attention, that take us away from looking at Jesus? Money? Are we worried where the next few pounds is going to come from? Do we need to be accumulating more? In Adam's words, do we need 20% more? Is it power? Do we want to rise to the top? Do we need status? Or is it smaller things? Ah, is it food that takes our attention away from Jesus? Where do you go when you're stressed? Do you go to prayer? Do you go to the biscuit barrel? I know where I go. Unfortunately, not always to Jesus. But there are other drugs, alcohol. There are things that we use to numb ourselves from the real world when Jesus wants us to be part of the real world. Does anger or bitterness or gossip actually want to drive us? Do we want to be in control and manipulate things to our advantage, things at home, things at work, things amongst our friends? Do we always want our own way? Well, when we came to Jesus, we were set free. And our scripture tells us that thanks to Jesus and his life, his death and his resurrection, we are now free to do what was impossible before, to live unselfish lives, to serve one another humbly in love, as our Lord Jesus did. We move, sometimes more slowly than others, but we move from being slaves held and bound by our frail, selfish human desires to sons and daughters of the living God, adopted into his family so we can be co-heirs with Christ, free to live lives of love. Jesus himself tells us how we should live. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So this actually is the freedom Jesus died for, that we would know God, see him face to face, see him reflected in the life of Jesus so that we can become image bearers, so that we can carry the likeness of Jesus everywhere we go. Blessed, but not blessed 
to be superior, not blessed to be better, but strong so that we can serve those around us. Now, Paul, at this time, was talking to those within the church, those who were beginning to fall back into the way in some of the habits of of the old covenant of Judaism. Specifically, teachers were saying they should be circumcised. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm looking at Coralie. I don't mean to. I I didn't warn her about that one. Sorry. Now, we are not going to be fooled to go... We are not going to be fooled to go back into that place because most of us don't have those issues. However, there are sometimes legalistic things that some parts of the church would suggest that we do and don't. A long list of things we must do or not do, more specifically, not do so that we can access Jesus, so that we can get to heaven. But that's not true. Jesus comes to set us free so that we can live a life of unselfish love, serving other people. So, verse 15, this one. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. I don't know what this scripture reminds you of. It reminds me of politics, internet, trolling behavior. It reminds me an awful lot of our culture at the moment. If you're famous for any reason, you will be held high and then you will be brought low. It's our culture. And, when, and how much easier it seems to be to bite and devour when there's a separation of a, of a computer screen in front of us where we can stand judgment on the person who is being criticized and brought down, or on their opinions, or what they have said and done. But the internet will tell us things about a person or a situation that is never the full story. It's just the juicy edited highlights designed to be, oh, I'm clickbait, get our attention. Come, see our adverts over here. They're great, aren't they? While you're reading something that isn't great, we rarely ever get the full story or accurate information. And then our question is, is our first impulse to love that person or to just get swept up in the criticism? And of course, it isn't just the internet where people do this. You and I need to be careful. You and I need to be careful not to fall into the habits of gossip. We need to be careful that what we say behind someone's back is the thing that we would say to their face. Well, unless you're going to rip them to shreds in front of their face, then check your heart first. But in general, if you would say that to them, then it's going to be more positive than if you aren't. 
And if you end up in a conversation that turns a turn towards gossip, then go, I don't want to be here. I don't want to say these things. Choose to put the person that's being criticized first. Choose to love that person. Shut that conversation down. Walk away. And let's hold ourselves accountable within the church in this. Because it's one of the things that comes up in lists all the time of the things that we should try not to be like. Let's hold one another accountable within the church, within our friendships or our small groups, and let us let our hearts be full of love toward one another, towards our leadership. Let's seek to love and build up, not to tear down. Now, I'm not saying you can't disagree with someone. Don't hear me say you can't disagree. Of course you can. But if you disagree with them, talk to them about it in a place of, out of a place of love and check your heart first. Check your heart before you speak. Then say it to them and then pray for them. Because a lot of us in this room, I have found, that if you are praying for another person, it's very difficult to be cross with them. Because your crossness turns into something else when you place it before Jesus. Because you start to feel Jesus' heart for that person. We have been set free to unselfishly serve and love one another. And when we choose judgment within the church, our unity is broken. We taught on unity months ago about where there is unity within the church, God pours out his blessing. So when there is disunity within the church... Actually, that's a slippery slope, and we have to be really careful because who doesn't want to live in the blessing of God in this place? Again, I'm not saying we don't tell people when they're wrong, when they do things wrong. We're supposed to hold each other accountable. But we have to check our hearts. Am I coming to bite and devour? Because where there's disunity, there's the risk that we will be destroyed. So sometimes this criticism, this need to bite and devour, comes from our tendency towards comparison and our need for status. And we see this very clearly in today's passage from Jesus' life. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, came to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. 
but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John, unsurprisingly. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. Malcolm told us last week that Peter, James, and John were Jesus' uh, three closest friends. It appears that at this moment, James and John have ditched Peter, I guess because there were only two chairs sat next to Jesus. And they're asking that in heaven, they get to sit at his right and his left. His right and his left. Now, it may be, if we are being very gracious to them, that they just wanted to be very close to their friend forever. But in the words of, in your glory, it seems to me that this may well have been about status. Especially as we read elsewhere in the Gospels that their mother also asked this same question of Jesus on behalf of her sons. And what surprises me in the scripture is that Jesus wasn't cross with them. In fact, it seems to me he was filled with love and sadness for his friends. Jesus knew that he was about to lay his life down for the world. But he also knew that James would soon too be killed for loving him. And that John would be sent into exile because his friends didn't yet understand this, or the full truth that the kingdom of God was coming, not with trumpets and an army, but with the love and sacrifice and the death of Jesus. James and John wanted to sit in the place of honour and be seen as rulers with Jesus, elevated to positions of authority, in control, in a place of power, elevated above the other disciples, You can understand why they were grumpy about it. I imagine, actually, there was a lot of being indignant that day, a lot of biting and devouring. So Jesus called to them, and he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, even Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He said to the disciples, check your attitude, look at your hearts. In the kingdom of God, status means nothing. Power, control, superiority have 
nothing to do with the way of God. So if you want to be Christ-like, to be like Jesus, you have to have a heart full of love, a heart to serve that doesn't worry if you aren't served back. We're not in a kingdom that invites people to dinner only if we think that they can invite us to dinner back that has a really nice dinner. That's a really tiny little example. But we're not in this to be served back. We live in an upside-down kingdom. And we must seek to give our lives for the needs of other people. Now, I'm not saying that status is wrong. Many of you in this room have people who work underneath you, have high-up places in jobs and other places. It's not wrong to have authority. How you use that authority is the important thing. Is your heart full of love? Are you there to serve the people who work for you as much as you expect them to serve you? The way of Jesus is countercultural. It's not the way our society works. But Jesus has shown us that in this way, in this way of unselfish love, of giving ourselves to other people, the world can be changed. Jesus changed the world. The church has changed the world, sometimes not for good. Sometimes when the church has used its power without hearts of love, the church has done awful things. But sometimes the other thing has happened. When the church has used its authority in the realm of the kingdom to love and unselfishly serve, lives have been turned around. People have been changed. Because of people unselfishly serving the kingdom, my life has changed. I'm assuming most of your lives have been changed too because you've come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your lives. That's why you're here or you're on that journey. So, what do we take from this morning? What do we take from the whole of this series over the next few months of trying to become a bit more like Jesus? As we mature to look more like Jesus, are we starting to see some of these things in our lives? This passage tells us we are called to be free, to live unselfish lives motivated by love, to look for good in others, to build them up, not tear them down, to live lives of service, not seeking power, but seeking to do good. As Jesus told us, loving our neighbor as ourselves. I'm going to invite the band back up now, please. Um, we are going to offer prayer today. Um, none of us becomes fully mature overnight. But it's always important that we check ourselves to see if there's any movement forward. Now, movement forward can be running at full tilt, 
I don't know, I'm not. Oh, I was going to say Linford Christie. That makes me sound really old. There are so many more fast runners than that who are much newer than that. I appreciate. I'm so old. Um, it doesn't have to be at full pelt. If you're doing tiny little steps forward, then you're winning. If you're taking steps backwards, that's hard. And if there is something that has made you stop dead in your tracks, then Jesus would like you uh, to look at that. Because he wants to set you free. This morning, he wants to set you free. But first, we're going to do something together because I like us to do corporate things because it's important to do corporate things um, together. The prayer I'm going to offer, just because I love these guys and the sound is very loud, is going to be at the back (laughs) because I'm, as I mentioned before, with the Linford Christie quote, old, and I don't hear very well. So... (laughs) And I know quite a lot of the people on the prayer ministry team are old and we don't hear very well. So we're going to offer it. Is that all right? Yeah. And and also that doesn't make you quite so um, seen. Because what business you do with God is the business you do with God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you do it. It's just important that it gets done. Um, Before that, we're going to pray together. And I wanted to say with the prayer, sometimes we get a little bit legalistic, don't we? If Sarah hasn't said the magic word, then I'm not going for prayer. You know, if Sarah hasn't said exactly the thing that I'm struggling with, well, Sarah doesn't know what exactly you're struggling with. And for you, that's a good thing, surely. (laughs) If there is anything that is stopping you move forward... And you're being convicted right now. Don't wait for anyone to say the right thing or give a word from the front. Come and get prayer. Because Jesus offers freedom and he offers life to all of us at all times. Amen. Okay. But first I'm going to ask us all to stand together. And I'm going to ask us to do something symbolic. Because there's a little bit of me that's old-fashioned. Oh, Sarah, there's a lot of you that's very old-fashioned. Okay. I'm not going to ask us to pray yet, but when we do, I'm going to ask us all to hold our hands with our palms down as a sign that we don't want to hold, to carry, to be held underneath any of the things that would stop us growing spiritually and maturing to look like Jesus that we choose to drop anything that is holding us back. Attitudes in our hearts, thoughts in our minds, actions, we can't seem to stop giving them to Jesus. Then we're going to turn our hands over and ask that the Holy Spirit fills us, changes us, helps us to grow because as Christians, our heart's desire is that we mature and look like Jesus, to become image bearers of our God in our lives and everywhere we put our feet. So, let's pray together. Lord God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your word that you hold up to our faces like a mirror. Help us be people who listen to your word and do what it says. Lord, we choose to put our hands out, palms down. 
and we choose to drop the attitudes of our hearts and our minds that stop us growing and maturing to look like Jesus. Our weaknesses that lead us back into captivity, the captivity you brought us out of. Our selfish thoughts, actions and motivations that lead us away from you and not towards you. The times that we have put ourselves above others. The words we have said that bite and devour. Lord, we give them all to you. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us. We thank you, Lord, that your forgiveness is free. That you do not condemn us because Jesus has already paid the price for our freedom in his death on the cross. Thank you that you take our sin as far as the east is from the west and that it has no power over us anymore. Lord, we turn our hands over. Oh, we need help, Lord. We need your help to mature, to become more like you. We choose the path of freedom. We wish to live unselfish lives of love. Holy Spirit, come fill us afresh today. Touch our hearts, our minds, and our mouths. Soften our hearts with your love, our thoughts with your grace, and our mouths with your kindness. Help us to use the authority you give us to do good, looking, our li- looking to live our lives always to the benefit of others. Fill us with your love that we might look like Jesus wherever we find ourselves. Fill us that we might be free. okay to stay where we are and be filled to worship to love but if you want more if you want us to stand someone to stand with you and bless what Jesus is doing if you want to confess something if you want to find more freedom in your life then come find one of us at the back and we will um, and we'll pray for you bless you